0: Hello, Rising Phoenix family. Trevor Masterolds here with another conversation from the hearth. We wanted to talk to you guys today uh, about a topic that we've brushed on a little bit here and there, uh, but is a really important one, and that's being a good partner, being a good partner in a variety of ways. Um, Masterolds, can you talk a little bit about what some of the things that we see on the mats are? What, what kind of prompted us to want to talk about this today?
1: Well, I mean, I think we actually have some really good partners out on the floor at I would our agree. school, especially I compared to other schools that I've trained at in the past. But like every school, um, especially in the beginning, you do see people kind of uh, struggling uh, to be good partners, and that leads to you know, I mean, I'm being a little uh, facetious here, but you know, some kind of fighting out on the mats. Mm-hmm and uh a lot of frustration yeah some frustration and, and frustration and not knowing why they're
0: getting frustrated yeah is particularly exactly. what i see yeah um which we obviously want to avoid we don't want people to go out there get really frustrated and be like ah this is not for me or you know not know
1: why they're frustrated because there's yeah, generally so a pretty easy fix and that's what we want to talk about sometimes you see two friends who've known each other all their lives mm-hmm. they get out there as white belts and they just can't stop kind of getting into it with each other, and they don't know why. And, mm-hmm. and uh, it's really because they need to hear this speech, they need yeah. to hear how to be a good partner. Yeah, and
0: so, uh, you know, this often manifests in white belts. Like, that's, that's kind of what we're talking about, is uh, people coming in and they don't know how to be a good partner yet. You, by the time that they get in the higher ranks, they've they partnered a lot, and so they learn some of the skills, some of the uh, ways of interacting that makes you a good partner. And, you know, I kind of wanted to start by saying, like, why I think we see a lot of white belts come in and have a really difficult time being a partner. I think there's a lot of reasons for it. I think a big reason is because white belts are coming in and they're feeling really anxious. You know, uh, they are... uh, maybe you know probably they're not feeling very athletic either they they were athletic younger in their days or maybe this is their first time doing something really athletic and so they're feeling a lot of anxiety they're feeling a lot of insecurity and then they get partner you know it's one thing to be insecure when you're in the big group and you guys are all drilling together but then you get partnered up with a person and this person is looking at you you're looking at them and you have this task mm-hmm. which is one of you is going to take the other to the ground or is going to do some submission and that's that's really anxiety provoking, and especially if you're coming in and you got a little bit of an ego, and you're like, "No, I, I'm I'm thinking of myself as an athletic person. I'm a good. Uh, I'm going to make a good martial artist." There can be a lot of resistance to going down with that takedown, and that yes. that leads to these these new new white belts um, being very difficult partners, uh, being very like resisting the techniques because they think that uh, I have good balance, so I shouldn't fall to the ground. Mm-hmm. But by not falling to the ground, uh, that raises up a whole bunch of issues. Um, can you talk a little bit about the term that we kind of use for what a good partner should be doing?
1: Yes. So what we're initially trying to work on is compliant training. Mm. And, uh, and what does that mean for the... So what we mean is that you, you're not sparring. Mm-hmm. You know there there's two very distinct things we do. We do drilling and we do sparring. And there's a reason why you don't just play soccer. You spend time dribbling and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Imagine if you were Dribbling With your is, is
0: dribbling a term In soccer Or are you I mixing it, Basketball with
1: soccer I, I think it's something When you do it with your feet Maybe and yeah, like yeah, yeah. Back and forth. Okay. Clearly we're not uh, Clearly Soccer not players a so- <laughs> I, I went to soccer When I was a little kid so I, But I, I can't remember Anything from that But, but yeah you, you drill And you but do Let's yeah. say we are Working on passing yeah. You know In soccer And I go to pass to you And I do it Like in a really Difficult way for you To, ca- to catch the ball mm-hmm. um, We're not learning To work as an Efficient team mm-hmm. And so the very first step is compliant training, Mm -hmm. you know, we got to learn and what we mean by compliant is, you know, going with the technique so that the person can get the maximum success especially early on yeah.
0: Now, not not fighting back against the technique if someone's trying to arm bar me, not trying to resist the arm bar as hard as I can, if someone's trying to sweep me to the ground, not trying to stay on my feet and, and, and you know try and wrestle against the other person, but going with the technique, in a way that protects you that protects your partner and
1: that can come in many forms it can come in the form of like let's say you're trying to do an arm bar on me and i'm actively resisting it can also come in the form of you trying to do like some kind of joint manipulation mm-hmm. on me and i'm breathing and, and just allowing myself to be like super super uber relaxed almost like i'm taking a deep tissue massage which is not going to be the mm-hmm. way that your body is tensed when you're actually doing it in reality and that is another form of fighting it looks yeah it's kind of like a passive aggressive way to resist and you know a lot of people will let it bleed into their ego so they'll say well i'm just you know so difficult to submit so flexible and that's where your ego is really coming in and what you should be doing is you should be tapping when like if, if you are let's say a little bit extra flexible um, it's probably actually due to the fact that you're like kind of taking it like a massage and just like being super relaxed mm-hmm. in a way That you would never be in the actual conflict, but let's just say hypothetically. You are extraordinarily flexible mm-hmm. um, You're not being a good partner because what they really need is some they need to figure out. What's the average? Yeah. What, what, what is a person actually going to be doing in this situation and um, a lot of times too when you're doing things like that you're actually moving into terribly terrible other terrible positions Mm -hmm. by the way you're kind of positioning your body and you're kind of acting in a way that is just you know maybe you're like completely flopping forward so your face is totally on the ground and in reality you would be like in an awful position yeah but But because you're making it really hard for them to get the the one technique that we're drilling yeah
0: there's like this oh well they can't get me kind of feel so
1: um just looking at the broader picture and, mm-hmm. and not letting your ego kind of get involved in the learning experience um, is really and, important. And
0: that kind of gets back to our original point of people being frustrated but not knowing why. Because mm-hmm. that person who's trying to do that you know, joint manipulation technique, they're doing it right. Yeah. but their partner is not tapping and they're like I don't know why and it's yeah. because their partner is being a really really difficult partner they're doing it correct and they should be building that good you know conditioning yeah. doing that technique right
1: so you know I'd like to get into some specifics I'm sure they sure can be a good partner striking and grappling but before we do you know I want to kind of um, address the um, what's it called? Like the thing in the room? The the elephant in the the room? The elephant in the room, I guess, is the the expression. Yeah, Um, You know, and for most of my students, I don't think this will even come to their attention. Mm -hmm. But I think for people who have maybe... um, uh, Wash a lot of MMA or kind of bounced around in some, you know, kind of low-level circles in like fight gyms and stuff They might come in and they have this mindset like oh compliant training. That's what's kept us in the dark for 500 mm-hmm. years You know, we really need to see uh, In reality, okay. Yeah, and this is a very naive uh, kind of newbie perspective that they don't realize that even in the most hardcore fight gyms when you get to the top you become compliant at some level you have to become compliant because it is from compliant training that you actually learn like Mm -hmm. we're not sparring right now Mm -hmm. we are drilling you know later when we're sparring okay you can take it take it up notch you know if you if you want to go there but when you're drilling is not sparring and and i think these kind of young young buck martial artists have trouble parsing out those two realities and so they Mm -hmm. think that Drilling is sparring and that's a very destructive mentality. It's why white belts injure other people all the time And it's one reason why in really competitive fight gyms. They have a saying you got to be the 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 nail before you can be the hammer So when they come in what they end up happening is they have that mentality That's Mm -hmm. what the newbies have. Oh, I'm gonna be real tough on my partner's blah 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 Mm -hmm. And then the head instructor just breaks them. He just just submiss them again and again and just until they're like puppets. And he's like, okay, now you're going to, you know, be submissive. And of course, in a school like ours, which is all about being a family-friendly martial arts school, we're not going to go around breaking all of our students, Mm -hmm. you know, if I have to. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, we don't want to get there. That's why we have these kind of conversations to, to sort of. Intelligently articulate what's going mm-hmm. on, so everyone is on the same page and realizes they're choosing to be compliant in the early stages to develop their skills. Yeah, now, and they're
0: they're developing really important things by doing that, right? They're they're developing confidence in the technique. They're developing timing and distancing and balance, and these are all things that you will only develop by conditioning them over many many times uh, executing that technique and like, executing that technique. Yeah correctly. So that's why you want to be able to execute the technique in, in not the best case scenario, but in a good case scenario where you're able to actually do the technique and not be have people fighting in weird ways so that when you are
1: building that muscle memory, you're building your confidence to be able to execute that technique. The reason why all athletes drill and all sports require some drilling is because in the act of playing the game, it's way too chaotic and competitive mm-hmm. for them to get enough practice doing it with that repetitive motion to become good at it. Mm-hmm. And it would be like if I said, "Okay, Trevor, you want to learn how to play Dance Dance Revolution? We're going to do Dragon Force on super <laughs> extreme difficulty. Go." And, and that's like, your only practice. I, I, I can't even begin to understand what I'm supposed to be doing, right? Yeah. And it's your only practice. So what you do is you start with a really simple songs and a slow tempo and, the tempo and then you slowly increase it faster and faster and faster. Mm-hmm. And so you can get kind of the hang of it. And that's why this compliant training is so important. Yeah. And to understand that from a very beginning, because if you don't, you shatter their confidence. Yeah. They become very frustrated. frustrating. Like you said, the white belts are already very like... And nervous and anxious about being out there on the floor and you just make it even worse So it's even more likely for them to hurt each other. Yeah, and that's what we see all the time with the white belts You know, one guy he's being a very difficult partner Okay, and the other ones being a really submissive partner and the submissive partner is trying to do something on the, the, the hard partner at first and they mm-hmm. the, the hard partner is is, is just trying to kind of like, you know Take it a little too far and like, you know, not tapping when they should be tapping or whatnot and then the submissive partner goes from being a lamb to a lion, and they go raw, and they really yeah, because they're, they're frustrated from from quote failing, you know, for the past
0: two minutes.
1: And, and the other guy is kind of like kind of getting an ego now because yeah. he thinks that they're going the same difficulty, and he's being successful where the other one's not. And what he's forgetting is that. The reason why the other guy's not not being successful is because you're being a hard partner yeah and so meanwhile the guy's being the hard partner is getting his ego and he thinks he's doing really good and that's making the the, the compliant partner become really frustrated yep. and so he goes from a being a lamb to a lion and he hurts he the hard He ranks the heck he, out of out. he jerks it and then the hard partner blames the other guy yeah, yeah. for for going ham and it's just like you guys need to sit down and have a talk yeah. and explain what's going on how to be a good partner and that's why we're having this conversation mm-hmm. so compliant training is very important it's not just for people who want to you know kind of take it easy and go through the motions it is absolutely essential for even the best of the best players mm-hmm. to to start out doing things slow listen when i went to korea and i'm training with the all world champions all national champions the best in the world I was kind of surprised when we did all the kicks and punches super slowly at times mm-hmm. and why did we do that we did that because it's harder to do it slowly and by doing it slowly we learn all those micro nuances that mm-hmm. are going on in our body so that we can do it fast and that's what we're doing here we're doing it slow so we can develop the balance and the timing mm-hmm. and the distancing and build the confidence in these sorts of things but anyway, without getting derailed sure, sure. And, and kind of repeating ourselves too much, I'd like to talk a little bit about the differences between striking and grappling how we can be a good partner when we're doing our punch defenses, mm-hmm. when we're doing uh, you know, sparring uh, counters and combinations and things like that. Because they manifest differently
0: in like striking versus grappling yes. versus the defense. So
1: the, the principal things I see happen a lot when we're striking is people are not striking in an intelligent way. They're like kind of just like reaching out and touching the person. Yeah, they're like playing tag. They're playing tag. And it's like really
0: fast and yeah.
1: yeah. And what they do is they, they throw their technique from like the very beginning. And if you throw your technique like from your shoulder, let's say I'm doing a punch, right? Mm-hmm. And I throw my technique from my shoulder. So I release all the power way up here at the shoulder. It is very fast But by the time it gets to my target, there's no energy left. Mm-hmm. And so it looks like I'm moving really quickly but There's who, no power. There's no power. So I don't even need to block that really. Yeah The the, the punch that is scary the punch that has power is it starts slow and then it gains power right at the last second and we learn in in striking that We want to intercept right before the tightening Mm-hmm. And that's why that slow compliant training is so important because we learn okay, the right time of distancing. This is right when I have to intercept. Mm-hmm. This is right when I have to jam them up. And um, so that's really important. Also, remembering that you need to engage your whole body in the technique. You know, m- one of the things I see most common amongst uh, beginning practitioners in the striking is they just kind of throw their hands out mm-hmm. there and they're not like actually engaging their core which is the first thing that happens you get to twist your core then your arm follows so a good practitioner will be watching your core to see what's going to come out of it
0: yeah and the, and the difficult thing there if we're on the topic of you know being a bad partner is if you're just going for speed if you're just using these techniques as you're describing there's no telegraph they're just they're just kind of flying out there in a really unpredictable manner and so it makes it really hard to intercept, to block, to dodge in an intelligent way, but you wouldn't really need to do those things for these techniques because they have no power. Yeah, uh, you would just ignore them and just obliterate the guy because they're playing tag with you and you're in self-defense mode.
1: Yeah, um,
0: and so actually being a good partner, you go, oh, go ahead. No, no. A- 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 yeah,
1: yeah. So I mean, I mean, just some things to remember. You know, throw it in the in the with the. The compression of your body that makes sense with generating power throw it um, by using your core to generate power so it looks realistic so I can get the proper telegraphy yeah okay and then also remember throw it at the right target you know a lot of beginning mm, practitioners yeah, yeah. will pull their punch like we'll actually target their punch to land before it would hit their face yeah whereas what you want to do is you want to pull it before it hits the face so you don't want to actually, like if the person doesn't block, you don't want to hit them in the face, right? Right, right. But you want it so that that is what would happen if you didn't pull your punch right before you, mm-hmm. you did it.
0: Because also they can't block it unless it's going to exactly. the right target.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I can't tell you how frustrating it is sometimes when I work with a weight belt. And they're, they're well-meaning, but they yeah. throw their punch like way off to the side. And I'm like, I wouldn't even block that. Like, yeah. I can't even block it. Yeah. Because it's so far away from my arm, I can't even interact with it. So you need to like make it come to my face. But in the, the, in the chance that I'm not able to get my hands up, you have to have enough self-control to not actually punch me in the face. Right. And that's really where we start developing this vulnerable relationship that leads to real success on the yep. Now, we're getting a little... So that's, that's striking. Yeah, so that's striking. So I want to get on to grappling. And grappling, what we see is... I, I think in striking, we see more of like a competitive thing going on, whether the ego starts to get involved and they kind of go for it. With grappling, a lot of times what we see is a fear of falling and hurting themselves mm-hmm. and so they get very rigid. And what what you first see with grappling is people getting very, very rigid and, and kinda of scared. They have no idea what's gonna happen. They kinda of lock up, which is of course the worst thing you want to do when you're doing a break fall, right? Yeah. You want to be loose and supple and kind of go with it. And <laughs> you so- don't want to
0: timber like a cooked tree and just
1: <laughs> you know slam
0: down belly flop
1: front or back onto the floor. Yeah. So the the first see Rigidity then they realize whoa that's a big mistake I don't want to do that then they get ridiculously floppy and they're just kind of flip flopping all over the place and you call this water balloon I call this
0: water ballooning because they're just they're just like this water balloon that has no structure it's like I can't even do anything with you because you're just You know, yeah. your weight is shifting in really weird, unpredictable yeah. ways. Yeah. You can actually see this uh, when kids do it when they really don't want to get taken yeah. somewhere and they just go super loose and floppy. And it's like really hard
1: to like yeah. pick the person up because they're like a water <laughs> balloon. That's just they more, go ahead. like drunken master mode, you know. Yeah, and you know that seems like it's effective um, in that weird controlled little environment. But what ends up happening is when we're actually grappling. What I want to do is I want to kind of get you into the drunken monkey mode where you're kind of like dancing around. And then I wait and I feel your um, your weight shifting. And when your weight shifts onto the right foot, that's when I sweep your legs out from underneath you and take you to the ground. So that, that looks like it's kind of useful in some weird situations where they're maybe going just after your wrist and trying mm-hmm. to do some weird wrist lock to you. But when you're actually fighting, like being that floppy and silly, you're just gonna get picked up e- and slammed on the ground. Yeah, you're just yeah. gonna get your legs taken out from underneath you. So it's not, it's not an intelligent way to interact and it's just an annoying way to interact with your yeah. partner. That in, in addition, like when I go to throw this super floppy person, their legs are all flopping around. Oh, yeah, and slammed into each other. Maybe they kick themselves in the groin. They step on their own groin. Like, <laughs> amazing <laughs> things can come out of it. And you know what the funny thing is? They blame you. Yeah. They blame you and they're the ones who aren't controlling their body at all. So, you know, we need to take take responsibility of our bodies and realize that sometimes it's our our own sort of foolishness it's, it's, that's planning mm-hmm. us in those situations. So first we see extreme rigidity, mm-hmm. then extreme floppiness. Then we go into the third stage, which is where most white belts are, which right. is this like oscillating between the yeah. two really fast. Yeah. Yeah. Like. They're like, I don't know where I'm, oh, I'm frozen and I'm uh, whoa, I'm, I'm really loose and, and you're just kind of going back and forth. And it becomes very confusing as a, like a veteran who's like, you know, kind of like talking like sort of chill and like, hey, yeah. let's move. And a kind of little like, like this, how to interact with them. Because yeah. every second is different. And so ultimately what you want to do is adopt a stance that is sort of knowledgeable about what's going on and... Sort of allowing yourself to move into the right positions if the person you're working with doesn't know the right position you're moving yourself into the right position and kind of help encouraging them like okay you need to like give me a little higher on your back and you need to get your hip in a little bit deeper mm. and just kind of like kind of helping them move through it now i'm not saying helping like, them to get it right get it right now i'm not saying like i want you to like they go and throw you like with 10 percent power and you do this massive dive <laughs> roll and go flying across yeah. the room but like when they go to throw you don't jerk yourself in the opposite direction yeah. randomly. You, you should be like, okay, I'm going to be thrown this way. I'm going to start, like, as they throw me, I'm going to move with it and mm-hmm. do a proper breakfall. And you would be surprised. It takes a lot of experience, yeah. and we're not expecting anyone who's listening to this on day one to get it right. You yeah. guys are all going to be a combination of super tight and super floppy, and then, you know, moving through these phases. But. If you know this beforehand, I think it will help you get to more of the supple stage earlier and then also realize that you need to have some strength in your body and you're not going to be just flopping all over the place. And
0: and hopefully it also helps you articulate to your partner if you feel like my partner's being really floppy to say like, hey, can you have a little bit more structure? I'm having a hard time getting this and not just feel frustrated with yourself and not know why you're frustrated. And then, you know, yeah. these, all that. So hopefully it helps you understand and articulate.
1: So one last thing that we would really want to touch on, um, mm-hmm. before we kind of wrap the discussion on power training, I think there's a lot more things that we could, uh, we could talk about, but, um, one of them is don't lecture your senior. Now, this sounds obvious, but it's incredibly common. You know, you'll see like a red belt or a blue belt get partnered up with a white belt or a yellow belt, and the the lower rank is trying to teach the upper rank how to do the technique. Um, You know, even if you did this class like the night before and I was explaining to you exactly how to do this technique and the blue belt or red belt hadn't done that technique in a few years, the right way to approach that is to say, Well, I'm just learning this myself, but you know, last night I was working with Master Olds and he showed me how to do it like this. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just a really like kind of submissive, um, deferential way. That is the way to properly address your senior. Listen, if you want your senior to help you on this path, and your seniors are here to do that, that's mm-hmm. one of the things that we really focus on as a school is that that you know the senior the older generation mentoring up the younger generation being good role models and examples if you want to have a good relationship with your senior the surest way to destroy your relationship <laughs> is to be incredibly competitive with them yeah the best way is to realize that they have been doing this for many years they may not have done that technique in a couple of years and they're going back and reviewing it mm-hmm. but Show them the respect that they deserve and allow you you and them to develop a mutually vulnerable relationship, which is, again, allow you guys to go deeply. Mm Because if you get in a competitive relationship with your senior, this is what's going to happen. You're going to lose. They're going to... Be very difficult partner with you. Mm-hmm. They're gonna they're gonna remember how difficult you are when they go to spar. Or, you know, I mean, they shouldn't be, but you know, they, 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 these kind of maybe yeah. this grudge would sort of uh, continue, and then they're gonna keep all of their secrets that they could be imparting to you right then and there when you're drilling to mm-hmm. themselves. Because they don't want to help you any more than they have to. Because
0: you're being a, a bad partner, they want to give you They're, more ammunition to be an even more difficult partner yeah, in the future.
1: You're being kinda of like a hotshot know it all and they don't want to make you even more like that, yeah. you know? So
0: um, it's And the, like, the, the th- other thing that I would add to that is like just respecting the fact that, you know, if you have a higher rank they have a lot more stuff, curriculum in their head that they're remembering and they're coming back and they're helping you with this thing that they may not have touched in a while. You just learned this yesterday. This is the only yeah. thing that's been uploaded into your head. So don't get an ego and,
1: and you, know, uh, you know be disrespectful to the senior who's trying to help you. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, just to kind of wrap things up, you know, just remember there's a big difference between drilling and sparring. Yeah. When you're drilling, you're trying to be a compliant partner. As you kind of go up through the ranks and you get really good at those techniques and you develop a mutually vulnerable relationship with other people who are in their school, you can feel comfortable taking it to the next level and getting a little bit closer to that sparring reality. But certainly when you're first starting out with somebody you don't know very Mm -hmm. well, always start from that place of compliance. Remember, it's like if if I was going out and teaching my son how to do soccer, Mm -hmm. a bad bad example for us because we probably (laughs) don't know anything about soccer. But... If I was trying to teach him to play soccer, and I was a very good soccer player, and I put him in front of the goal, and I said, son, I want you to block my ball. And I kicked that ball like 100 miles an hour, and I curved it so it hit like super high up on the net, so there's like no way he could block it. What kind of learning experience would that yeah. be for your son? Do you think he's going to stick around with you? He's going to keep learning from you? No, it's going to be extremely frustrating.
0: Or, or or, the even, I think, more apt example, you just send it 150 directly at his face.
1: <laughs> and you're <laughs> like, yeah, let's do that again. He's going to be like, yeah. no,
0: I'd rather not. That sounds really unpleasant. Uh,
1: although that, that is a little bit more of the direct Confrontation that we don't see very much. Mm-hmm. We do sometimes see it and then those are the ones where, like I have to break it up and that kid yeah, yeah. kicked out of the school or something. But What tends to happen is this more passive-aggressive mm-hmm. kind of like in the in the background sort of stuff And that's more of like the hyper competitive Not letting the other person be successful yeah. kind yeah. of stuff Um and you know, I think if we all keep that in mind, it's going to be a better training experience for everyone. So that's why we mm-hmm. felt inclined to kind of share this with you. Um, of course, I think all of you guys are doing a great job. I yeah. think our school, in particular, we have some real, really empathic, sympathetic people who, who really are doing their best to be compliant training partners. But you know, we can all let our ego get the best of us, and so. Mm-hmm. That's the train. That's our cue. (laughs) Hanging up, guys. Until next time, keep training hard.